What's it like when one of your friends on death row is led away to be executed? You have a prepaid call from William A. Aguirre. An inmate at the California State Prison, San Quentin. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I had to be a different complete guy, which is the guy who walked the walkways of San Quentin's death row and without a gang, without a, a group of people around me, it was just me. Soon after you went into to be on death row, and you didn't really understand the prison workout system so much. But then he said, we're going to do 75 sets of it. To me, that seems extreme. So I'm wondering if there's a danger of overtraining, wearing yourself out so that you're... <laughs> no, no, that's actually funny. That's not, it's funny. I'll tell you why. That's a good one, man. Uh, I'll tell you why. Welcome back to Death Row Diaries. I am Matt Ralston. And I am William Nagura. And today we have part two of our episode on Aaron Hernandez. And when we left you to set the scene, he had just shot a friend of his who didn't contact the police and was probably going to take vengeance into his own hands. So yeah, he's got, he's made an enemy with this gangster who wants to kill him, but that's not the only incident. That's not the only thing that he's got to worry about because he had frankly killed a few people just recently himself. Right. That's very much. That's correct. Yeah. This guy, uh, Bradley, who obviously he shot in the face, there's a dual purpose behind this. The incident that happened between them, I think was just kind of an excuse. Aaron Hernandez was looking to take this guy out. The reason being is because these two guys in 2012 were in a nightclub. And these two gentlemen who are not street guys, they're not gangsters, they're immigrants who work very hard, um, were at a club and one of them spilled a drink or said something to Aaron um, just innocently. And immediately Aaron responds by getting very violent, very angry. Basically, shaking. He's so angry. He's shaking. He's so upset. And they push him out. Hey, forget it. Forget it. It's not that big of a deal. They get in his silver SUV. And as he's pulling up, Aaron tells Bradley, there they are. There they are. And he goes after them. He basically, without any provocation, pulls up next to them, yells a bunch of, racial slurs at these guys, pulls out a, a revolver and empties it into the car. And according to Bradley, he keeps pulling the trigger after the gun is empty, killing both of these um, these guys. One of them, his name is De Abru, the other one is uh, Furtado. And he has now a reason because Bradley's the only witness to it. No one knows who did it, and this case goes unsolved for a while. And they're looking for an SUV, they're looking for who the guy was, no one knows. Bradley keeps his mouth shut, but then Aaron shoots him. And that's where this whole thing begins to unravel because, as you mentioned, Aaron Hernandez is worried that this guy, Bradley, is actually a gangster. He is a killer. And how do we 
know this, well, Aaron Hernandez buys multiple guns. He gets a second apartment. He buys an armored, uh, an armored car. I mean, think about this. He buys a freaking armored car to cruise to work in. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that, that fact. It, it's almost comical. Yeah, he has, look at this, he's wearing um, uh, bulletproof vests. He's doing all these things because he believes that this guy is going to murder him. He goes as far as telling his, uh, the owner of the Patriots to trade him. How do they respond? Well, they give Aaron Hernandez an extension of a $40, $40 million extension contract to keep him there. They, they, they don't want to trade him. He's, he's, a, uh, he's a gem. He is the guy they need. So when he has to be traded, because not because he wants to leave, he's afraid because this guy lives very close to, to the the Greenwood Pages facility, very close to where Aaron lives now, knows where he lives, he's at his house. He's afraid this guy's going to kill him. So he asked to be traded, and what, how they respond? They give him a forty million dollar contract. Of course, he signs it. Sure, but they had to have known. I mean, th to say there were rumors at this point was—that's understating it, right? Yeah, the rumors are fine. There's a lot of stuff going on, but look—he's a superstar. <laughs> you know, yeah. Does he have the other rumors flying around? Sure. There's a lot of rumors about NFL players. How much is substantiated? How much are they really trying to cover up? Do they believe he can deliver? Of course. His jersey is one of the most popular jerseys being sold. He is, you know, a, a legend. So they're not going to trade him. They want him. Even though those rumors are going around, and he signs that contract, and it doesn't change his behavior. Yeah, he's heightened. Now he has the money to do what he wants to do. Get a second apartment, and it's just full of guns. He is uh, looking for more of this K2, this drug he's using. There are now rumors that he's using methamphetamines. That, all those things make you believe things that are not really existing. And I have experienced, I've seen guys in prison using large doses of methamphetamines, and they believe the little green men are in their cell. They believe that people are going to kill them, and nothing can be further from the truth. Yeah, I've I've heard that K2 is just the worst drug ever. I've never done it, obviously. I don't know why he's smoking bath salts that cost, I don't know, 99 cents at a head shop when he, when he has this kind of money. But uh, yeah, I've heard that immediately you're just flooded with paranoia and you feel sick and it, it's just gross.
2013 now, and he's got a big contract, he's a superstar, um, but his behavior is very erratic. And he then has his friend, Odin Lloyd. And Odin Lloyd is the boyfriend of Aaron Hernandez's fiance. I'm sorry, let me repeat that. It's, Odin is the boyfriend of Hernandez's girlfriend's sister. Or am I saying that correctly? Odin enters a picture and he's dating uh, the sister of Aaron Hernandez's uh, fiance. And he's a he's a football player, but he's you know, if he hasn't made it, he's a semi professional football player, he's probably never gonna make it. Obviously great athlete, but he's not at that level that Hernandez is at. Now, the prosecution later is never able to really define what the problem was between him and Aaron. And as we've heard, it doesn't take a whole lot to get this guy moving. He supposedly shoots these two guys in the car for basically nothing. He shoots Bradley in the face. Was it because he witnessed the, the, the two homicides? Possibly. Was it because he said something he didn't like, also possibly. But it doesn't take a lot for this guy to go off. <laughs> Let's look back to the, 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 the bar. Guy hands him a bill. What's he do? He sucker punches it, rushes his eardrum. So this night that this happens, Aaron Hernandez um, is with two friends. And one is named Ortiz. The other name is Wallace. And it's very late night, and they are seen through footage and the camera that they pick up Odin. And they had a, an issue, but not a real big issue. And it was just a disagreement or something. But Aaron picks him up. And um, Odin is already thinking something's going Why he got in that car, I have no idea. I'm not getting in a car with three dudes that I know are trouble and one of them I've had an issue with. I'm <laughs> doing that. But he gets in the car. And from what I understand, I think you and I were talking about this, Matt, was that he even uh, wrote or texted his one of his family members and said something to the effect, I'm in the car with NFL. Meaning, I'm in the car with Aaron Hernandez. And they just drive to a very off-location place. It's pretty isolated. And really what happens there, only forensic, what I'm talking, I mean, forensic um, experts tell you because the evidence found there but with no provocation, they take this guy out of the car, he steps out of the car, and they just shoot him. Aaron, Aaron Hernandez shoots him uh, in the chest, in the back. They just leaves him out there. Gets in the car, and they, and they see him. It has 60 seconds remaining. They see him in the car, and different um, cameras that have seen the car pass through checkpoints in a gas station, and they know he's driving that car. And by all intended purposes, he's committed another murder. Okay, I'm speculating. I don't know if this has been reported, but Lloyd has connections to Hernandez's 
fiance and she's maybe she knows something maybe she's speculating something i think he knew something that hernandez had done just like bradley and i also know that hernandez was kind of paying him to be a gopher he was kind of dependent on hernandez i'm sure he crashed at the house quite a bit i wouldn't doubt he also probably wrongly thought hernandez could help him with his football career so i get why he would have gone along with something that he was totally uncomfortable with yeah i think you're absolutely right and of course uh, Odin is a football player and hernandez is a star but I also think that you may, you may go a little bit deeper than I think that Aaron believed that Odin knew something about him regarding his sexuality too. And he seems to get very defensive, very violent, very quickly when it comes to that, that issue and broach that issue. That's why I don't think he came out in the locker room telling people about his sexual exploits with men. I don't think it's true. But look, this guy is found, found in an industrial park very close to Aaron's home. And... It doesn't take long for the investigation to point their, their uh, finger at Aaron. Uh, they find a number of things that are connected to him. The car he was driving, the tracks, the, the wheel tracks or uh, impressions of the wheels match his car. There is uh, forensic evidence that points to Hernandez. So they come and they arrest him. You know, the gun never recovered because, you know, during the trial, of course, his girlfriend said that she threw on trash, but she doesn't know what's in there. You know, but he obviously did it. The evidence is conclusive. There's no doubt that he killed Odin. There has never been a, a true reason established, but they arrest him. And uh, he's taken to the jail. And it's very interesting because what we have going on here is that Aaron takes the jail life like a fish to water. He's a millionaire, star football player. But he tells his family and his mother that he feels relaxed for the first time in his life. I think it's because all the pressures are gone. He doesn't have to be that star. He doesn't have to be a performer anymore. He doesn't have to be the man his father trained, his father wanted him to be. And this is what he's talking about. But in the jail, man, I mean, he, become, he becomes a monster. He's written up dozens of times for fighting. One incident, he just attacked the guy that was coming down the stairs. He's really trying to establish who he is. He's constantly talking to people and, and using slurs. And it's like he's the perfect guy. He's the perfect prisoner. He went from being a, a millionaire star player to being a, a prisoner. And it has not phased him in one bit. He's actually, he looks happier now than he's ever been in his life. Well, you know guys like this. You know of guys like this that embrace the prison life uh, like as if they were meant for it. You know, it just... He can compartmentalize. It gives him a chance to more or less do what he was doing before, but I guess he has nothing to lose. And he seems to kind of be delighting in it. Like maybe he thinks this is part of the whole gangster lifestyle is serving some time in prison. Um, yeah, 
Now you can yeah, you, you can be uh, a homosexual in prison, right? Pretty openly, without problems. Uh, it, again, it depends on who you are. Yeah, there, there are people in prison that say that they're, and this, this is kind of funny to me. They say they're not gay, but they indulge in sexual acts with other men, and they say that they're just prison gay. That they're just, they're just pitching. They're not catching. What that means? Let me explain it to you, so so the audience understands this. And I'm not well well versed in this because of any participation on my part. It's because I know what goes on in prison because I live in prison. So to be prison gay means as long as you're the one. That's not being, I don't know how do you put it, in a non politically offensive way. If you're not the guy getting screwed, or you're not the guy that's oral copying a guy, you're just the guy who's receiving it, then you're not gay. At least according to this philosophy, which is bullshit. If you indulge in sexual activities with a man, not that it's wrong here, ladies and gentlemen, not being that guy, you are gay. Period. Or at least you're bisexual. I mean, whatever it may be. But, yes, yeah, so it does happen in prison. However, there is a culture in prison of convicts that look upon that very negatively. means that they will not allow a person that indulges in that lifestyle to come into their group of convicts because they're considered very serious guys. And again, I understand there's nothing wrong with being gay, but to these people in prison, these prison gangs, uh, the hierarchy, they don't allow that stuff. It's looked upon like Aaron Hernandez's family life. Latinos would look upon that as being not good or whatever. This is what I'm saying. So, yes, he could have been that. I don't believe that he was openly because it would have knocked down his status as who he was portraying himself to be. So, as a quick sidebar, have you read anything about his boyfriend or the guy who identifies as his boyfriend who's doing all these articles with the New York Post and interviews and things like that? Yeah, I've, I've heard a little bit about this stuff. You know, I read I read DJ's book, his brother DJ Hernandez, and I've read a number of books about this situation. And look, there's a lot of guys in prison that lie. Did it happen? It could have happened. I don't know if it's true, but this guy named Dennis Tesaurus or Sansaurus or something to that effect says that he had a relationship with this guy in prison and We'll never know because only two people were involved. Um, could they have gotten away with it without being noticed? That's a hard one. You usually in prison know what your neighbors are doing. So it's difficult to get away with that. And then no one else has come on and said, yes, this is what's been happening. That puts a question mark in my head. His family's also now come on and said that he has come on to me, came on to them. And his brother DJ said there was an incident where Aaron was molested by an older teenager when he was only a little boy. And it went on for several years where that older boy, which was his teens, Aaron was maybe six, seven years old, was making him do a lot of sexual things. Um, so these things have come out. It, it, it bothers me because people seem to want to put a an ending to why this all happened. And I don't know if that's true because... We know that he has been convicted of the, of the murder with Odin. All the charges, he's convicted. And then he's he's also charged with a double homicide, which Bradley, his former drug dealer, testified against. Now, for all intents and purposes, Aaron Hernandez was acquitted. He was found 
guilty of the two homicides of the men who were supposed to get yesterday. He pulled up next to the car and he shoots these guys. The only evidence they really had was Bradley saying, look, it happened. He's the one that did it. Well, the defense was able to prove that, well, the person that did it was actually Bradley and, you know, Aaron was not there. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but the acquittal says it didn't happen and Aaron was not involved. So what we have going on here is, yes, one conviction and a homicide found not guilty of. So we're now in, you know, 2017 and Aaron Hernandez is supposed to be very happy. He believes he's going back to the NFL. He is getting prepared because his appeal on the first homicide in Odin is going as it's supposed to go. He is saying, look, I didn't do it, and I want a retrial, which the trial court agrees with him and says, you're right. I'm going to set aside this conviction, and we're going to do the appeal. Now there's a lot of things going on here. He could, in fact, bail out. He could, in fact, go back to the NFL, whether the New England Patriots get him or not. We don't know because they cut him. But... It's only about a few days after he gets to Wednesday case, a huge milestone, and all these rumors are going around about him being gay. So much so, as we talked about earlier, a news anchor, uh, her name was Michelle McPhee. She goes on to this nationally televised program and starts joking about Aaron Hernandez and suggesting that he was or is gay. And this is circa, I remember this clearly watches on every TV program that they were talking about this stuff. Obviously, he's seen this stuff, man. And this is why I say that he was not out of the closet because she basically outed him for that donation. And his response is that he's smoking K2 profusely every single day back to back to back to back and it's making him paranoid what does he do he can't live with this thing that people are saying he's gay he ends up killing himself i believe the reason that aaron hernandez killed himself was because he was being out of his day and he wasn't prepared to come on and it's his choice ladies and gentlemen whether he wanted to be out or not that's his choice and whether he was or not is his decision i'm not here to say well if he was gay he should have been out but obviously, he didn't feel that way. He didn't feel that he wanted to be outed in that manner, or he wasn't prepared for it. We've seen NFL players who go 15, 16 years in the NFL, and, and, they're, and then when, once they retire, they come out. Maybe that's what he had planned. I don't know. But all this stuff is happening. He ties a sheet around the windows, bars of his window, and he ties it around his neck, and he basically just lets his weight fall. Yeah, well, it's not hard to see why. I mean, look at what his life has become, and just he's still constantly, um, you know, screwing his mind up with these drugs. But you think that that was really the straw that broke the camel's back? Was he still couldn't allow Tim Tebow or? Bill Belichick or his gangster buddies to know for certain, even though they probably knew, but to know for certain that he was gay. I believe so. I believe that's a straw. There was many more factors. 
say this. When you're smoking K2 or using methamphetamines, you're not thinking straight. That could have been the straw that broke the camel's back. But when you're smoking that stuff and you're doing those drugs, you become paranoid and you're suffering from CTE, you're not thinking logically. So how he processed losing his NFL, hell, I just beat this case. And the court just set aside my conviction, meaning that he's not a convicted killer now. And according to the law back then, if you die before your complete appeal is done, and we talked about this with Uterberg, Uterberg, I forget his last name, the, the serial killer from Austria, your conviction then is, uh, you go down as not being a killer. So how does this play in Aaron's mind? I'm throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, but look, he's thinking about his wife or his girlfriend or his fiance. He's thinking about his child. Once, if he kills himself and he's not a convicted killer, the NFL has to pay his contract. That's $40 million. So all these things, homosexuality, they're coming out, uh, a contract, taking care of my family. Yeah, so she gets the money. But, uh, so you're saying he could have got out. I remember everyone saying he was going to get out. Yeah, I mean, that was a possibility. But again, we're talking about a kid whose brain is suffering from CTE. He's using methamphetamines, he's using K2. He's under a great deal of stress. Because now he's gone from an environment where he has nothing to worry about. He's getting fed, everything's happening. And now it's a possibility he might get out again. Those are all these ingredients you're throwing into the pot that are cooking in your brain. And I believe that at one moment, he made the illogical, obviously, decision that killing himself would be his best out. Because his wife, would, I mean, his money, his wife would get the money, he'd take care of his family, and really, he just had to face all the things he'll have to face. And that's how, basically, the story ends for now, at least, because... Um, once it's announced that he's killed himself, he's no longer convicted of Odin's murder, the family, uh, understandably, uh, go to court and try and get the, 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 the conviction reinstated because obviously he, uh, he's no longer being looked upon, at least legally, as the guy responsible for taking Odin's life. But interestingly enough, Matt, of course, there's a lot of speculation. Junior Seau has killed himself. Another Mike Webster, the CTE things going on in the NFL. The NFL is liable for all this money. And this could be a factor also in, 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 in Hernandez's life that he probably already knew that something was wrong with him due to all the blows. And ultimately, because of the damage that his brain suffered, that at some point, his family would receive a benefit from the NFL because obviously he was an employee and he suffered all these brain injuries. So he has his, his brain is dissected, if you want to call it that. They pull it out, they look at it. And strangely enough, Aaron Hernandez is 27 years old, but his brain has so bad a case of CTE, which is uh, a chronic, uh, chronic traumatic, traumatic encephalopathy. That right there. I was going to screw up that last person. Thank you for saving me there, Matt. But it's so badly damaged by it that his brain compares to that of a man of 70 years of age. 
that is insane. So obviously, Aaron Hernandez was suffering from this, as was Junior Seau, who took his own life as well. He's a pro bowler, a Hall of Famer, NFL linebacker for the San Diego Chargers, as well as the New England Patriots. And you have guys like Mike Webster from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and a number of players who have suffered from this and taken their own lives. So this kind of falls in that same category. So I'm not making excuses for... Um, for Aaron Hernandez and his actions, but I can see, and it has to be taken into account, how CT affected him from very early on. And unfortunately, for his victims, um, they lost their lives because of this disease, and because of him being immature and all the other things, the factors that contributed to him acting the way he did. Yeah, and it's exactly how we talk about almost every week. You know, there'll be some serial killer guy that decided he wanted to kill little boys and girls in his van, and he's going to blame it on, I was abused by my mother at a young age. Well, Junior Seau, you know, there's a nice monument to him on the uh, Pacific Beach in San Diego, where he's from, or where he played, and uh, he had the same condition. He didn't go around murdering people, right? He did not. But the junior son of Grant, the senior Seau, was older, more mature, and he played about 15 or 16 years in the NFL. Give me a second. Junior Seau is kind of a different case. Much more mature. He played about 15 years in the NFL. So his decision-making process was different. He wasn't smoking K2 or whatever it's called in math. And he had a chance to develop, so he probably began suffering from CT later in his career as opposed to Aaron Hernandez having... Oh, that's the story of Aaron Hernandez, and a tragic one. Um, there are people going to be speculating about this for decades to come because of the potential he had and because of the potential his victims had. He had a lot of people that were hurt by him, died because of him, and we'll never know what their lives were going to be about or even talk about them too much aside from a footnote that they were his victims because he was the NFL star. So, yeah, all around, not a good situation. And, uh, yeah, terrible. Yeah. Well, last thing, I guess, in closing, if you look at his fiance, there are certain people you can tell are just terrible by looking at their face. Uh, and I think that's her. Could she maybe take a couple million dollars and put it into a fund for the families of his victims? whatever you'd like to help people out that you feel you're responsible for hurting them and um, I'm sure she can do that. I don't know if she feels she has a responsibility to that, uh, but yeah, sure. I, I would I would uh, advocate for that, the people whose lives were taken. But then again, you know, we're talking about a person who was acquitted of those other murders. He is only being held responsible for the murder of uh, uh, Odin. So, but yes, there are going, again, we have the connection the fiancé is uh, the sister of Odin's. Uh, and I'm just that up again. I don't know why that, that, that dynamic screws me up. But she could have very easily uh, gone to that family and given them some money. But again, we to, we, we're assuming that she got money from Aaron Hernandez's contract, and I don't know that to be true. I think she did, and I think... It bothers me that she's probably just, like, sitting around watching TV, smoking weed all day. But, whatever, it's not my business. <laughs> you know, 
hysterics. Like, people are you in? Just looking at people's house. They look like a criminal, so let's just go ahead and uh, burn my mistake. No, I can tell she's she's not cool. Um, I mean, look, she was in a relationship with Aaron Hernandez. All right, enough said. <laughs> she tolerated. Yeah, well, some people can say, "Well, look, you know, people are going to say, well, Matt, look, you know, you're friends with Bill. I mean, come on, man, let's, you know, let's not throw too many in the glass house, right?" Good point. Uh, well, it's been interesting as always. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. Do not forget to check out our Instagram and Facebook pages at Death Row Diaries. Send us a message, reach out, say hello. If you need anything answered from from Bill, who's uh, he's your inside source in prison, let us know. And go to patreon.com slash death row diaries where we'll have bonus content cool stuff where we goof around a little bit and do stuff we wouldn't do uh on the normal podcast sometimes it's just really exclusive is the point anyway i am tired so we're gonna let you guys go and we'll be back next time until then i've been matt ralston and i'm willing to go be safe be aware of your surroundings your life can depend on it